The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday to you. I hope this has been a good week, and we're going to hope for the rest of the week to be good as well. Today, we're going to be talking about listening within. You know, listening to other people is kind of hard for a lot of us. It's it's hard for us to decide what someone is saying, what they really mean by what they're saying, and it's sometimes hard for us to put together their body language with, with, with their words or their behavior with their words. So listening to others is uh, one of those things that becomes a dilemma. One of the things we uh, in the mental health field will do sometimes to help couples learn to listen to each other is to do have them experientially practice listening in the session by doing something called active listening in which they hear something, uh, one partner hears something that the other one says and then the second partner will repeat that back but with a clear understanding of uh, exactly what they think that other person meant and then the first partner who spoke in the first place uh, is to repeat again, well, you know, yes, that's correct, uh, you did have that right, or no, here's how what I really meant, or change, let me change this part but keep the rest. And that's how they get good at really being able to listen to each other by engaging each other. Well, it's a little bit like that when we begin to listen to the self. First I want to talk, though, before we go any further with that, about all the reasons why we don't listen to ourselves. The first reason we don't for most of us is that we think that it's arrogant to listen to ourselves. We have a psychology, um, um, archetypal sort of a psychological bent toward self-humiliation, um, and I'm say humiliation rather than humility because they are two different things. We tend to believe that in order for us to listen to ourselves, we have to be selfish. And um, we've been taught not to be selfish above all else. We're supposed to be um, good people, loving people, kind people, people who care more about others than ourselves. And I, I can't tell you how many times that most of us have heard that mantra repeated to us again and again, you're supposed to care more about other people than you care about yourself. Because if you care about yourself, and this is the uh, archetypal shift to the other pole, if you care about yourself more than you care about other people, well, then you're just a selfish person. And so most of us don't want to listen to ourselves because we think it's selfish to do so. In fact, um, what, you know, I'll speak of this one religious um, um, icon. Uh, Jesus, what Jesus said was that we should love others as ourselves, not more than ourselves. 
And somehow we've missed that little point, and um, we have carried that down through uh, Orthodox uh, Christianity as well as several other religions around the world that, that we must not be thinking about ourselves because if we're thinking about ourselves, we are being selfish. And what I say is what Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Now, by examining the life, I don't mean criticizing the life. I do mean um, noticing, observing, paying attention, listening. And so it's important to really make that distinction that when we listen to ourselves, we're not being selfish. We're, we're living. We're tuning in to our own guidance. We're paying attention to what we are saying to ourselves. We're actually becoming alive when we listen to ourselves. And without listening to ourselves, we might as well be dead in the sense that we might be uh, out there in the objective world giving to other people and paying attention to other people, but we're not really there because we haven't tuned into ourselves. So being present with ourselves is, uh, is all about being alive, and without being alive, we might as well not be here. Um, so that's the first reason. We don't listen to ourselves because we think it's selfish to do so. The second reason is because we often our fear that what we're going to find when we go listening to ourselves is that we've got a rather dark side, an evil side, if you will. And that evil side will come out and it will hurt us and everyone else in the room. Well, that fear generally comes from having repressed a lot of um, what we would consider to be negative emotions for many years, negative thoughts, negative emotions. And first place, those are not negative. They're just thoughts and emotions. They don't have a value other than that which we assign to them. But, but they do have uh, um, answers, inf- information for us. And I've said this other times on the show that, that our emotions are just messages. Well, our thoughts are also just messages. And um, sometimes they're messages we give ourselves and sometimes they're messages we get from ourselves and sometimes they're messages we get from other people and repeat to our, ourselves as if they were ours. But the bottom line is that, yes, we will find what we would consider to be a darker side it's the silent side. It's the shadow. It's the part of us that we haven't yet known before. That's all the shadow really is. It's the part of us that's unknown. It's the unconscious, generally speaking. And um, so, yes, we will find stuff in there that we've sent away because we valued it less than what our society taught us. Uh, um, so we, we want to have a face that is acceptable to the world, and so we've sent away parts of ourselves into the dark regions of our psyche and we will find those things that we left behind in there. Um, but they are not negative. They are not bad. They are aspects of ourselves that we need to listen to so that we can find out what they have to say to us because they may have some real valuable information. We're going to talk about that some more in a minute. Another fear that we have in listening to ourselves is that we will find silence, and we absolutely will. Um, we will find the part of ourselves that's really quiet and deep, and has, um, doesn't have a lot of noise and racket going on in there. We fear that what that means is there's going to be just a void, um, and that's there too. There is a void, and there is also uh, what fills the void. All of that will be found in, in this unconscious, in listening to ourselves. We will also hear a lot of chatter, a lot of uh, noise, a lot of 
arguing back and forth with ourselves, a lot of conflict. We will hear all that, too. That will be in there. In other words, the journey into the inner terrain of ourselves is an interesting journey. It's an adventure, and it has lots of aspects. It has things that we would consider from the conscious realm uh, to be um, negative. We have things in there that we really don't want to know about ourselves. We have things in there that we will find amazingly beautiful and enlightening about ourselves. We will find all of that in there. It's there to be found. And uh, But we've been taught that if we find those things, well, some of those things should be sent back into the realm of the darkness and so that we don't activate them. We, we were, we're afraid that if we find something quote-unquote negative in ourselves, that we're going to act on it. And the truth is that um, we are more likely to not act on something if we're listening to ourselves than if we're not listening to ourselves. Because if we are not listening to ourselves, what happens is that energy, that activating energy, is pushed down into the unconscious and it will seek uh, a, a path out so that Somebody might drop the proverbial straw one day and we go off on them and we can't figure out why we did that. Well, we did that because we had pushed it down in the psyche and it found a way out. And um, so we ha- we, to, to know ourselves means to, take, to be able to take more responsibility for what we act on and what we don't act on rather than less. And the less we listen to ourselves, the less we're able to take that responsibility because we don't even know what's in there. So those are some of the reasons why we don't uh, listen to ourselves. The final reason is because we haven't been taught how. We ha- our society basically has taught us that, as I, as we've said, that the, that it's selfish to look inside of ourselves. Therefore, nobody ever sat down and said, "Well, here's how you look inside yourself. Here's how you begin to listen to yourself. Here's how you know yourself." Um, and nobody showed us either. Most of our, our parents didn't know how to do it, and so they didn't show us how either. Um, we've got a lot of misguidance out there about how to do that. Um, some people are telling us that we have to, you know, um, journal for certain hours every day, and some are telling us that we have to sit. We must sit. That's the only way to meditate. Um, we must do it a certain way. We must hold our body a certain way. Um, and all of those things might work for some people, but they don't necessarily work for everyone. So you've got to find your own individual path. Uh, that's the first thing I want to clarify is that that path is yours and yours alone and no one else can tell you exactly how to do it. But there are some generalities that we can begin to talk about and I want to do that today with regard to how we can begin the process of listening within. So listening within is just like listening without. We either do it well or we don't. Listening without is paying attention. When someone talks to us, we make eye contact. If we're going to listen well, we make eye contact. We pay attention to their body language. We watch their hands. We watch their eyes. We watch their mouth. We uh, tune in to what they're doing with their, with their lower body as well. Uh, we tune in to whether or not their actions are matching their words uh, or their body language is matching their words. That means we're really listening. We're not just... Um, hearing their words, we're really listening. And that's what we need to do to ourselves as well. That's how we begin to listen within as well. Part of what we'll do as a, an inner listener is to observe our own behaviors. You know, 
I have people come in all the time and say, well, I do this, 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 this. But when they're talking about it, they seem to be describing themselves as if from a distance, as if they're an object that they're watching perform instead of um, actually being a part of their own action. So they're sort of telling on themselves rather than really uh, owning their own behavior. And that's one of the things that we've, we, we do. We've split off from aspects of ourselves and we don't really get why we do certain things. And so when we go to describe it, we talk about ourselves almost in the third person as if we're talking about some foreign object that we don't really understand. And so listening to ourselves means much more than that. It means really tuning into my behaviors and, and paying attention to what that behavior was trying to gain. And we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. This is Andrea Matthews, and this is Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hi, well, welcome back. We've been talking about listening to yourself. And before we go any further, I want to make a special announcement because next week we're going to have the Lama Surya Das on our show. This Lama is affectionately known to the Dalai Lama as the Western Lama. And he'll be here to talk about the big questions and some answers to the mysteries of your life. So tell your friends and tune in to this special opportunity to hear from the Western Lama, Lama Surya Das. Okay, so... Uh, we were talking just a little bit about observing our own behavior as a part of listening. As we begin to observe our own behavior, what can happen is that we can begin to look at the patterns. What are the patterns of behavior that I exhibit again and again and again? And how do I feel about those patterns? I very often hear people say, well, I do this, this, and this, but I don't like it that I do that. My question is, who is the I that doesn't like the me that's doing that other thing that the I doesn't like. And you see there, automatically you see a split off. The I is something, whether it's authentic or inauthentic, it's something, and the me is something else. Um, It could be that the I is a judgmental, critical, harsh critic that comes from some mask and costume I've donned, or it could be that it's the authentic self who's saying, you know, I really wish that I could stop doing that and I need to look at that. But whatever the case, we need to know how we feel about our own actions. If I'm giving and giving and giving to other people and yet I'm building resentment, I need to know that I resent the fact that I'm doing these things. What we tend to do with those feelings is attribute them to other people. We tend to say, well, I'm resenting the fact that I'm doing this for you because you're making me do it. No, nobody can make you do anything. Even if somebody walks in the room with me right now and holds a gun to my head and says, Andrea, go jump out that window or I'm going to blow your brains out, I still have a choice. I can scream, I can fight, I can try to take the gun away, I can jump out the window. You see lots of options. The person in charge is always me, and the final authority is always choice. And so when we say, I'm observing my behaviors and I'm paying attention to how I feel about those behaviors, what we're saying is, I need to know how I feel about what I'm doing. Not how other people make me do it, but how I'm doing And so it's important to notice how we feel and then begin to have a little dialogue go on there so that we can find out what is really going on inside of me. Am I splitting off to perform behaviors that I don't really like? Am I splitting off to perform behaviors that I feel obligated to do and therefore build resentment about doing? In that case, the resentment I feel is coming from my authentic self who is telling me, you know what? This is not really you. This thing that you're resenting is not really you. You're doing something that isn't really you to do. And so paying attention to those feelings helps us to gain a better understanding of ourselves. Um, If we find ourselves exhibiting mysterious behaviors like uh, anxiety tics or um, repetitive uh, behaviors that have to do with sort of relieving anxiety, we might begin to say, well, now, what am I doing there? What, what, what happens when I do that? What happens inside me when I do that? And we might be able to get an understanding that, for example, 
if I am somebody who um, wiggles my leg all the time, you know, I've got this jumpy leg thing going on. If I'm somebody who's sitting there in a chair and I'm always sort of bouncing my leg up and down, I might ask myself, what is that doing for me? Okay, let me let me listen to that. What is that doing for me? Well, probably, this is a guess, it is causing me to somehow soothe my anxiety. It's a self-soothing mechanism that I've invented to help me sort of calm myself down or get rid of extra energy by sort of bouncing it away so that I don't feel so uncomfortable with all that energy inside of me. So you see, then I can say, okay, um, you know, what do I want to do with all that extra energy? Sometimes extra energy is in there because I'm pushing it away because I don't want to know I have it. Sometimes that extra energy is in there because I'm really anxious about somebody in the room I don't like or don't trust. Sometimes that extra energy is in there because I'm um, feeling some sense of performance anxiety that I need to really perform well. And performance anxiety is also based on how other people are seeing us and whether or not they will judge us. So we can, you see, we can begin to get information from our behaviors. Now, does that mean that we have to constantly be holding ourselves to a microscope? No, that is not what I mean. Listening is a gentle art. It is not one in which we begin to really um, criticize ourselves. It is not one in which we say, oh, you're just doing that because so-and-so-and-so-and-so. That means we're getting very analytical. It doesn't mean we decide everything. It only means that we hear everything. Okay, so it's important to, to notice the distinction between just a quiet, gentle listening and that judgmental voice that comes up and goes, why are you doing that? Why don't you stop doing that? That judgmental voice is, is a non-helpful voice. It's part of the chatter that you will hear in your, in your own mind. You will hear chatter the voices of all the people that you have incorporated into your psyche, the voices of all that little, what we call the committee, the committee of voices that one of them approves and the other one doesn't, and the, uh, another one is defensive and another one is angry, and et cetera, et cetera. That committee will speak up about your actions, but you can go below that committee. You can hear the committee, hear what it's saying. Absolutely, you need to hear that voice as well, but, but, or those voices but also be able to go below the committee and hear something deeper, something more real than that committee will ever be. So you're paying attention to all that's going on within you at the same time. So, okay, how does a person begin to have the kind of wherewithal to go within? Well, we've already talked about observing what you do on the outside and then paying attention to how you feel about what those behaviors. That's one way. It's a way of sort of sneaking in the back door uh, to listen to yourself. Another is just to pay attention to what you feel. Sometimes I give people a homework assignment that they are to go home and just pay attention to how they feel and write down some of their feelings as they go. Not judge them, not try to correct them, not anything. Just pay attention to how they feel. Another way is to pay attention to what you're thinking. What are your mantras that you say to yourself over and over and over again? And when you say those mantras, how do you feel after you've said them? I think I've mentioned on the show before uh, <clears throat> the idea of somebody, sort of a mental voice that says, uh, I, don't give, I don't care about you. you know, I don't care what you want. I don't care what you need. Um, I had somebody tell me years ago that that was the mantra that they repeated to themselves and didn't even know they were doing it. And began to realize that that voice was 
uh, a voice that also made them feel very depressed. And then they began to connect the dots between that and their mother actually saying the same exact words to them that, I don't care what you want. Here's what we're going to do. And so that became their mantra, I don't care what you want. And what it was saying was, you don't matter. You don't matter. What matters is what somebody else wants, somebody else's agenda. And on the one on the one hand, for that person, there was a sense of, oh, well, I must be a very unselfish person because I'm thinking only of what other people want. On the other hand, there was a sense of loss, that there was nobody that, was, that mattered inside them. And so those mantras are extremely important. What we're saying to ourselves all day, every day, is, a, is, is very important, very heady, very heavy. So that it could be I'm saying to myself that I'm going to have all the things that I want and need or that, that I love myself or that uh, life is really good and beautiful and that people are here for me and I have a lot of support for my own dream, dreams and wishes. Or I could be saying I'm all alone and nobody cares and, you know, it's a tough struggle. And you can hear the difference between how those two mantras, two different mantras might affect a person and rob us of vital energy to get what we want from our lives. So paying attention to those things will give us some guidance. But first, we just listen. We're just listening. We're not doing anything else right now but listening, just tuning in, not judging, not deciding, not, not trying to make it go away, just hearing it, whatever it is, good, bad, or ugly. And that is what we want from our partners, isn't it? Don't we want to go home to our partners and say, here's how I felt today, here's what I thought today, and have someone to say, it's okay that you feel that way, and um, you know, be supportive of how we feel and acknowledge that these feelings are important and vital and, and that we matter to them, and sometimes put their arms around us and hold us and allow us to just experience that feeling in their arms. That's what we want from our partners. Most of us want that, and, and we also need it from ourselves. We need to be able to just sort of gracefully hold the information that's in there without judging it, without telling ourselves how bad we are for having those feelings or thoughts, or telling ourselves that we don't measure up in some way, or telling ourselves to get on with it, get over it, get, get past it, hurry up. We don't generally, if someone is grieving, for example, they don't want to hear people say, are you done with that yet? We, we just don't want to hear that. I mean, you know, I've had people come in and say, I had a friend tell me, I, I lost my husband uh, three days ago, and I had a friend tell me that within a month I'd be feeling better. Well, I kind of doubt that. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But the deal is that other people are constantly trying to define us sometimes when, when um, they, don't, are, they are uncomfortable with what we're feeling. And so they kind of sort of push us in a little niche and tell us what we ought to feel. And uh, so we try to comply with them by feeling it, by, by making ourselves acceptable to them. Ergo, we're not listening to ourselves. And so it's important for us to be able to recognize that there are many voices inside of us, and we will definitely hear all of them. But our job at first is just to hear those voices, acknowledge them, write them down, pay attention to them. What are they saying? What are you feeling about what they're, what they're saying? And to, te- to uh, honor those voices by just being with them. That's all. So that's the first step. 
going to talk some more about how to listen to yourself right after this break. Andrea Matthews, this is Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. We'll be back. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. web at skillsusa.org. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about how to listen within. What we've said so far is all the reasons why we don't listen. We've also talked about how we can begin to observe our own behaviors and pay attention to how those behaviors make us feel. And we've also talked a little bit about just listening to our thoughts and our feelings. One of the ways you might want to try listening to your thoughts and feelings is to play some games with people that you know. 
there's a, a, some great books out there, the question books, um, that ask all kinds of questions that you can ask to each other and answer and then get into the discussion about how you feel about that. Or you can start think, doing things like, tell me your worst fear. Tell me your most embarrassing moment. Tell me how you uh, got through that. How did you learn to uh, uh, get beyond embarrassing moments? Those kinds of things. So that you begin to uh, just really self-reflect a little bit. Begin to just listen a little bit more to what goes on inside you. To listen to what you're thinking. What are your opinions? What do you really think? Not just what have you heard other people say. What have you heard in church or what have you heard in in uh, the latest political rally or or all that, what do you really think? What are your really thoughts, your real thoughts? And and to be a little bit creative about what you'd like to see happen, to ask yourself, well, what would you like to see happen in the world? What would you like to see happen in your life? What would you, if you could have all the money and time in the world, what would you be doing for your job? Those kinds of questions that you can either ask yourself or get with your partner and begin to ask each other those questions or, you know, even on a Saturday night when you're having over a group for dinner, get out the question book and, and, and play a game with that. Pass the question book around and let each person ask questions to everybody else. Those are fun ways to sort of begin to, to get inside yourself a little bit and begin to listen to yourself. Another thing that's really important, we've talked about observing behaviors, uh, is to pay attention to your own words. What are you saying? Not just what are you saying to yourself, but what are you saying to the world? What are you saying to everybody else? What do you say? Um, do you, when you make a mistake, do you call yourself stupid? When you are uh, driving down the highway, do you um, worry a lot? Do you talk talk to other people about how you know they're harmful to you uh, or going to be harmful to you? Or do we call them names and all that kind of stuff? Which you know, I think it's <laughs> fine in your car to to. Uh, mouth off a little bit. It helps you get to know yourself a little bit better. Um, I think that uh, paying attention to what we say is really, really important. Not so we can curb what we say. So many times when we pay attention to what we say, we're trying not to cuss or we're trying not to um, use certain words or we're trying to correct the way we talk in uh, certain ways that perhaps other people won't like. But rather just to hear. Again, we're not judging, we're not changing, we're not deciding. We're just hearing. This is the first phase of any life change, is listening within. And in order to do that, we've got to suspend judgment. We've got to suspend decision making and just hear first. You know, it's like you're, you're going into a corporate office and you sit down with a committee of people and you listen to each person before you make a decision about what the corporation's going to do. Now, that's not always the way it's done in corporations. I get that. But it would, in the ideal form, that's what a team effort is all about, is being able to listen to all the different aspects and then make a decision about what we want to do. And so it's important to be able to to suspend those judgments and decisions until after we've heard from everyone inside of us. Okay, so in paying attention to what you say, you're going to be listening to your words and sometimes you're going to even listen to your own voice. You're going to listen to the sound of your own voice. You know, uh, in Eastern religions, the, one of the things that happens is the chanting that occurs has a vocal tone that's supposed to be very healing. And if you meditate at all, sometimes you might want to just hum, just hum while you're meditating so you can hear the sound of your own voice. 
Have you ever heard yourself on a tape tape recorder and gone, that's not me? Well, that's because you are not familiar with your own voice, beyond the fact that the tape recorder may not be a great recorder. Uh, It's also because we don't know the sound of our own voice, because we're not tuning in. We don't know what our own voice has the power to give us if we just listen to its intonation. We listen to the tone and the sound and the, and the vibration of it. That is, is also tuning in. So hear, hearing what we say to other people, do we say lies? Do we lie a lot to other people? If we're um, putting on a face, a mask and a costume, pretending a lot, um, telling people things that aren't really true because we want to cover up, uh, we don't want them to know us because we're afraid to be known, because we are afraid they're going to think we're bad people, because we have, in fact, done some things that we uh, wish we hadn't and are lying to get out of it. What is going on with our speech? That's what listening to ourselves is all about. So we tune in to that. Do we tell the truth? Do we tell the truth out loud to others? Do we tell the truth to ourselves? My guess is if we're not telling the truth to, other, to, our, to our, ourselves, we're not telling it to others. And vice versa, if we're not telling it to others, we're not telling it to ourselves either. So that truth-telling is important. How much truth? What do we give to other people? Do we just babble on and talk and talk and talk and talk, um, hoping to create enough smoke and mirrors so people won't get figure us out? Do we talk and talk and talk and talk and give too much information to other people so that then they can use that and really actually use that against us? Do we know who we're talking to? Do we know the other person that we're talking to? Are we, are we aware of whether or not that person can be trusted with the information we've given them? So you see, there's lots of questions that can come into that with regard to what we're saying. So we've talked about looking at our own behaviors, looking, listening to our own thoughts and feelings, and now we're talking about listening to our words. Now I want to talk about putting all those three together. When we have words that don't match our feelings, when we have feelings that don't match our thoughts, we are incongruent. You know, last week I talked a little bit about miracles are made when we are congruent, when we are all lined up, the mind, the soul, the body, the emotions are all lined up in the same um, avenue, the same um, connected together in, as one. That's when we are able to create miracles. And without that kind of, of alignment, we're just not able to do it. We can pray till the sun comes down, but we can't really create a healing experience out of incongruence. So if, if, if we say that part of the job of listening to ourselves is to find out whether or not we're congruent, then we're saying that's a mighty task. That's a very important, significant task to find out if... In fact, my emotions are in line with my soul and my mind and my body. Now, the first thing I want to say here is, for most of us, they're not at first. They are not and won't be for a while. And that is okay. We've been taught to get incongruent. We've been taught to behave in ways that tell us, that allow other people to accept us, whether we accept ourselves or not. We have been taught to behave so that we won't look bad or, or smell bad or think bad or act bad or any of that, and whatever we consider bad to be, whatever that particular culture considers bad to be. And so we have pushed away a whole lot of things. And for some people, being bad means being good. For some people, 
their mask and costume is all about uh, being a bad guy because that is what they got taught when they were growing up. You know, uh, sometimes some of these people have literally heard, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, over and over again to the point that they decided, well, that is me, I am bad, and the only way that I'm going to get this person to look at me is to be that person. They need me to be bad, so I'll be bad so that they can have somebody to be bad. So I'm going to be the bad guy, and I grow up proving that to myself again and again by acting bad and, and thinking bad and and being quote-unquote selfish and you know doing all the things that our society thinks of as bad and the more the less attention i get for it the better i need to be so that i can get more get somebody to look at me and go yes you are bad see i see you you are real you're bad and that's how we incorporate that identity and that's our prisons are filled with people who have identified with that notion so we 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 can certainly do that so being what the what a person who is living out that identity will repress is all the things they think are good. That's what Carl Jung called the bright shadow, the shadow that was really, quote-unquote, good. And for those of us who are trying to live out a good identity, we hide the things that are, quote-unquote, bad. So uh, definitely it's true that uh, incongruence is a part of our training. We are taught to act in, in ways that don't measure up to who we really, really are. And so part of the job of listening is to recognize when we're being incongruent. And here's a real obvious example. If I've got my fists all balled up and I'm trying to convince you that I'm not angry, probably not really convincing you. I may be trying to convince myself, but if I tune in and notice what my body is doing while I'm talking, then I'm going to begin to wonder if I'm telling the truth or not. Now, then I can go, okay, why do I need to hide this anger? Why do I need to say I'm not angry when I am? Well, the answer might be, well, because I think that anger is bad. Well, how did I come to that thought? Well, maybe I heard that a lot. But the point is that I'm beginning to really listen, really tune in to what is going on inside of me. And then I might be able to come forth with it to the other person and acknowledge my anger, but that's not the point at this moment. What we're talking about right now is simply listening, again, without judgment, without saying, I've got to change this behavior immediately. But just to go, oh, look at me. Here I am with my fists balled up, and I'm trying to convince this other person that I'm not angry. And once I notice my fists are balled up, I might begin to notice other things. I might notice that my back is really tense, and I feel prickly uh, up and down my spine. And my face may be flushed, and my blood pressure may be up. And so you see all the ways that I'm beginning to notice that, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I think I really am mad here. But paying attention is going to be very important. We'll talk more about it in our final segment of Authentic Living. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. 
In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. This is our final segment today of Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. And I want to remind you that next week we're going to be talking to Lama Surya Das, affectionately known to the Dalai Lama as the Western Lama. He'll be on our show talking about the big questions and some answers to the mysteries of your life. So tell your friends and tune into this special opportunity next week. 
uh, we'll finish up talking about uh, listening to yourself. And I want to reiterate that we have talked all the whole time we've been talking today in terms of just listening without judging, without trying to activate a decision, but just listening. That is always the first step. After you've listened a while and you've gotten some clarity, then you can make a decision about what you can do, what you want to do. But it takes some listening. Sometimes it takes a while to listen that way. Sometimes you have to just tune in and tune in and tune in for a while until you get something that says, oh, I get it, I see, I understand now. Because there may have been a block that's been there for many years. There may have been some old attitudes that have shifted as you've begun to listen. And that's another thing I want to say. Sometimes things inside of us just start shifting the minute we open the door to listening. The minute we open the door and start listening, things begin to shift. Why is that? Well, they shift because we are listening, because we have tuned in to ourselves. We have made a conscious decision to allow the unconscious to speak to us. And all of a sudden, the authentic self steps up to the forefront and goes, oh, she's listening, he's listening now. Let's give them some information. Let's shift this over here and move that over here so that we can be heard better, okay? The, uh, the authentic self is a very active part of you. It is not passive. Uh, it may be repressed, but it's never passive. It is always active in your life, whether you know it or not. Sometimes uh, it may uh, take over to the point of being able to, you may actually be in the authentic self for just a few minutes and then lose it again. And then you look back at that moment and go, who was that math person that took over my life for just a minute? Um, but it does come forward, and, it do, and it, the more we listen, the more able it is to come forward. So, so if we're tuning in, sometimes things shift and, and move because the authentic self is being heard, but also sometimes just we've, we've spent so much time in a particular mindset and, sometime, in a, and sometimes in a particular way of living that when we begin to listen to ourselves, we can't quite make out the messages at first. So it might take a little time to, to really tune in. I've talked to people who say when they want to get divine guidance in particular, they have to tune in for periods of time. I've gotten to a place in my life where I know that if I ask myself a question, I'm probably going to have the answer in three days. Um, it's just over time it's just moved down to three days and that's been that way for um, several years now so I don't know whether it's going to get any closer so that I have those answers right up front or not but when I ask myself a really good, solid, deep question it generally takes about three days. Now sometimes I get an immediate answer. Sometimes I just know inside of me, "Uh uh-huh, that's it, there it is. Um, But in terms of the big really life questions, it takes about three days. But it didn't start out that way. It started off being several months, then several weeks, and then you know now it's moved down to three days. It takes some time to get in the habit of listening. It takes some time to actually hear and clarify the message. And sometimes the message appears to be a riddle at first, and we can't quite figure it out. But you don't have to sit and hammer on it. Just let that sort of gel inside you so that you sort of process with it as you're going through your day and, and you'll re-reference it, it'll come back. We don't have to really spend a lot of time pushing the psyche. We don't have to push the psyche because it is alive in there. 
It's not a dead thing. We have to wake it up and make it move. It's alive in there. We, we have, may have been out of touch with it, but it's always been alive in there. So all we have to do is trust the process, and it will become an ever-expanding awareness so that we become aware of deeper and deeper aspects of ourselves the more we listen to ourselves. And in that process, we gain an understanding of how truly wise and amazing we actually are. We may have spent years criticizing and denigrating ourselves, making fun of ourselves, telling ourselves how bad we are, telling ourselves how we don't measure up. But when we do listen to ourselves, what we always find is the sense that, wow, it's amazing the wisdom that's inside me. Now, some would call that a divine understanding. Some would call that just the psyche being very wise. It doesn't matter to me what you call it, but you will experience it if you listen to yourself. And it's important to recognize that as you tune in and listen to yourself and you become wiser, what really takes place is you also become much more human, much more humble, much more aware that life is tentative and yet extremely strong, that the psyche is an amazing instrument that it can lie to us and make us really believe that lie, and it can also tell us vast, infinite truths. And so it's important for us to really know that this journey is taking us to a vital place inside of us, this listening to ourselves. It's taking us to a place from whence poetry comes, from which revelation comes, from which wisdom comes, from which love comes. It's taken us to the depths of ourselves where we find all kinds of wonderful things. It's like uh, going down to the bottom of the ocean and finding all these am- amazing uh, fauna and, and growth and fish and uh, alive creatures that are amazing to us and beautiful and, and scary. Uh, which of us wants to dive down to the bottom of the ocean without a mask and, and a costume? So, or not a costume, but a mask and, a, and a, the uh, things that they used to go into the water. So it's important for us to really tune in to where we're going. Where we're going is also a, a, a part of listening. Not that we know the outcome, but that we do know that ultimately what we're looking for is who we really are. That wise, wonderful person, amazing person we are. Well, that's it for today. Next week, again, we're going to be talking to Lama Surya Das, so tune in to that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.